It's Saturday the 15th of April. I'm Kira Evans and this was a week that saw Joe Biden enjoy his homecoming, Russian brutality go viral, Elon's moaning about Twitter and tributes to a British fashion icon. Grab a cup of something hot, put up your feet and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the Standout 7 from the Smart 7 Ireland edition. It's news, but not the news. This week saw a four-day visit from US President Joe Biden, which kicked off with Air Force One landing in a rain-soaked Belfast on Tuesday night. He spent Tuesday night in Belfast Central Hotel and then delivered a speech at Ulster University, reflecting on 25 years of the Good Friday Agreement. In times when things seem fragile or easily broken, that is when hope and hard work are needed the most. The Good Friday Agreement showed us that there is hope for repair even in the most awful breakages. While he was there, he met with UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak to discuss America's commitment to maintaining peace in the North, as well as possible investment opportunities in Northern Ireland. Rishi says they're very much on the same page. And I know he shares my ambition to see the institutions here back up and running. That's what people and businesses in Northern Ireland deserve. While Biden's visit comes at a time of political uncertainty in Northern Ireland, the DUP say the US President's visit won't change their stance. But party leader Sir Geoffrey Donaldson is hopeful power sharing at Stormont will resume eventually. Well, I want uh, power sharing to be restored on a firm foundation. That's what we're working to achieve. And I'll be taking my message to the country during the local elections and asking people to support the DUP to finish the job. Wednesday evening saw Joe touch down in Dublin Airport. Then he was whisked away by motorcade to Carlingford County Loud after the original helicopter trip had to be abandoned because of Storm Noah. But he remained in good spirits. How does it feel to be here, sir? Feels like I'm coming home. What do you think of the weather, Mr. President? Fine. <laughs> he was welcomed to the Windsor Bar in Dundalk, where a beaming thornish to Micheál Martin extended his greeting and thanked Biden for his work in supporting the peace process. Much has been achieved since 1998, but there remains a farther shore to reach. We must ensure that all communities and all traditions fully enjoy the benefits of peace and have the opportunity to live on a truly reconciled island. Joe, who was travelling with his son Hunter, seemed delighted to meet his many distant cousins and spoke about how the Irish are the only people in the world who are nostalgic about the future. He also paid tribute to his mother and the people of Ireland. And I wish our mom, Catherine Eugenia Finnegan Biden, were here today. She'd be so damn proud. She uh, held such a special place in her heart, and it really did. Coming here feels like uh, coming home. And it really does. The way every time I've come, the welcome, the people on the streets, they're just so, so gracious to us. President Biden spent Thursday in Dublin travelling to Oris on Ucturon, where he was greeted by President Michael D. Higgins and his wife Sabina, along with national treasure Mishnuk. Joe got to ring the peace bell, which commemorates the 10th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement. Biden also made time to meet with the Shugli of Varadkar. They discussed issues including the peace process, the war in Ukraine, with Joe thanking Ireland for its support for refugees. And they also discussed the United Nations and Ireland's position on the Security Council. Leo says that Joe and the US are determined to see progress in the North. Obviously is keen to be supportive of the British and Irish governments uh, in trying to get the institutions back up and running again, but doesn't want to be overbearing or interfering either. So very much a supportive approach. Thursday evening saw Biden deliver an address to a packed Dáil Éireann with the visitors 
Artist Gallery, including Mary Robinson, Jerry Adams, Enda Kenny and Bertie O'Hearn. Joe was clearly delighted to be in such a historic location and even managed a few words of Irish to the delight of the audience. He also spoke about Ireland's influence on him and on the world. Like so many countries around the world, though perhaps more than most, the United States was shaped by Ireland. And that's not hyperbole. That's a fact. And the values we share remain to this day the core of our historic partnership between our people and our governments. He referred to his friend Senator George Mitchell and continued to pressure the UK government and the Northern Ireland parties to make progress on re-establishing the Assembly and the democratic institutions. We must never forget that peace, even as has become and lived reality for an entire generation of young people, peace is precious. It still needs its champions. It still needs to be nurtured. I think that the United Kingdom should be working closer with Ireland in this endeavour. Political violence must never again be allowed to take hold on this island. It may have been midterm this week, but not all teachers were on holidays. The Association of National School Teachers, the INTO, met on Monday in Killarney to kick off their annual Congress and cost of living remained top of their agenda. General Secretary John Boyle said that his members are being affected by inflation and that they'll be looking for pay increases once the current public service deal ends in December. He says teacher supply is also a real issue affecting primary school classrooms around the country. Ahead of Minister for Education, Kerry TD Norma Foley's address to the conference on Tuesday, Boyle said his members are looking for answers. We would certainly expect that she's going to have to come with some solutions about the teacher supply crisis. I mean, this is a really, really difficult time in schools where on a daily basis we have about 1,200 positions not covered, up to 500 positions that are a year long. I'm at this game 35 years and I've never come across that. It was a busy week for the education minister, but she got a frosty reception on Tuesday when she attended the ASTI Congress with no applause greeting her entrance and secondary school teachers holding placards. The members of the Secondary School Union were protesting at the introduction of teacher-based assessments, which is part of the new Leaving Cert curriculum. Earlier on Tuesday, Minister Foley had addressed the delegates at the INTO Congress in Killarney, where she promised that she would look at lifting the 14-year-old moratorium on promotion of teachers in primary schools. And subject to budgetary considerations, I am keen to advance policy responsibility in areas of policy priority. And I look forward to further discussions with all partners in this respect going forward. Meanwhile, at the TUI conference, a new kind of degree course was confirmed, one that doesn't require you to go through the CEO. Minister for Further and Higher Education, Simon Harris, explained. You will start in further education, do a year, in some cases do two years, and then you will, subject to passing the exams, automatically be guaranteed a place in higher education to finish that degree. The Kremlin has insisted a Wall Street Journal reporter charged with espionage had violated Russian law ahead of his arrest. But the White House now says that Evan Gershkovich has been wrongly detained in Russia and the case against him is merely political. Veren Patel is a spokesperson for the State Department and told reporters Moscow hasn't yet allowed US officials to meet with him. At this point, it is a violation of Russia's obligations under our consular convention and uh, a violation in, uh, against international law. We have stressed the need for the Russian government to provide this access as soon as possible. In Ukraine, preparations continue for a spring offensive against invading Russian troops, which has led to new conscription rules in Moscow. Traditionally, Russian conscription papers have been delivered in person, but they'll now be sent via recorded mail and online, making it harder for citizens to avoid. Andrei Kartopolov, chairman of the Russian Parliament's Defence Committee, says you've no option if you're called up. If people do not receive 
or pretend not to receive the summons, they will be obligated to report to the military enlistment office. If they fail to do so, they will receive a notice which contains a ban on leaving the country and a warning of further restrictive measures. This week saw Ukraine launch an investigation into a viral video which appears to show Russian fighters beheading a Ukrainian soldier. It's the latest in a series of alleged war crimes committed by Russia during their invasion of Ukraine. The video's origin is yet to be confirmed, but it's been spreading rapidly across social media this week. And Ukrainian President Zelensky says it shows what Russia's capable of. This is a video of Russia as it is, what kind of creatures they are. We are not going to forget anything, nor will we forgive the murderers. There will be legal responsibility for everything. The defeat of terror is necessary. In response to the video, the EU has pledged to hold war criminals to account and Russian Press Secretary Dmitry Peskov says the Kremlin will investigate too. First, we have to check the veracity of the video. Certainly these are terrible images, and we have to check the veracity first, and then, of course, it can be an occasion to check whether or not this is true, whether or not it took place. If it did, where and by whom? The FBI has made an arrest as it investigates the suspected leak of military documents. They appear to show a wide range of information, including potential vulnerabilities in Ukraine's defences, as well as the number of UK special forces allegedly active there. The suspect has been named as Jack Teixeira, 21-year-old National Guardsman and IT operator. He's said to have posted the information on Discord, a social media platform popular with gamers. One of the members of his online group, which was called Thug Shaker Central, has shared more about Jack. Any claims that he is a Russian operative or pro-Russian is categorically false. He is not interested in helping any foreign agencies with their attack on the U.S. or other countries. President Biden said on Thursday he was concerned, but there was nothing of great consequence in the leak. And Pentagon spokesman Brigadier General Pat Ryder told the press the review is underway. We do have stringent guidelines in place for safeguarding classified and sensitive information. This was a deliberate criminal act, a violation of those guidelines. Still to come on the Standout 7 Ireland edition, Elon grumbles about Twitter and tributes to a British fashion icon. Right after this. Welcome back. America has suffered another mass shooting after a gunman opened fire in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the 146th mass shooting so far this year. Five people are confirmed to have died after a shooting at a bank in the city and a further eight people have been taken to hospital, including a police officer. Meanwhile, the suspect died after an exchange of gunfire with police officers at Old National Bank. Governor of Kentucky Andy Bessier was emotional at the news conference following the shooting in Louisville. This is awful. I have a very close friend that didn't make it today. And I have another close friend who didn't either, and one who's at the hospital that I hope is, is going to make it through. So when we talk about praying, I hope people will. Tesla boss, wannabe spaceman and most recently Twitter CEO Elon Musk isn't usually one for an interview. But he surprised everyone by making a rare appearance on the BBC on Wednesday to discuss his $44 billion takeover of the site. Sitting down with reporter James Clayton, he lifted the lid on mass layoffs. They were difficult glitches on the site. They're infrequent and hate speech on the platform. It's definitely not on the rise. He also talked about the growing pains of running the company and, well, it doesn't sound like it's been easy. The, the pain level of Twitter has been extremely high. This hasn't been some sort of party. So 
it's been really quite a stressful situation. But at, you know, all's well that ends well. Dame Mary Quant is being remembered as a trailblazer, genius and true icon following her death at 93. Tributes have come from across the fashion world, from model Twiggy, photographer David Bailey and Vogue editor Alexandra Schulman. Sadie Frost, who directed a documentary about her, says her impact on British fashion, history, women's rights and popular culture was vast. A Victorian Albert Museum exhibition focused on her career opens in Glasgow next month. Quant was known for her swinging 60s styles like the miniskirt and hot pants. Here she is back in 1985 speaking about the importance of fashion. Rest in peace, Mary. I feel fashion is about life. It's about everything. It's about the way we, we sit, the way we move, the way we talk, the style of voice. It's about food, what we eat. It, it's there. It's about everything. You've been listening to the Smart 7 Ireland edition. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am. Hit the follow button and have a great day. Give us seven minutes and we'll give you the world. Hi, this is Kira from the Smart 7 Ireland edition. Just to let you know, we're pausing this podcast from Friday the 25th of August, but you can still get up to speed in just seven minutes if you search the Smart 7 and catch up with our UK edition. Thanks for listening.